Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wayne, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Hello and welcome to the Mark Groves Podcast. You know, I'm always curious about why is it that we have a challenge changing, right? Like we know behavior is unhealthy and maybe we we haven't even really accepted it yet, right? Like we, we might act like we don't know. And I think it's when we start to see the consequences in our lives, you know, the impact on other people, maybe our relationship ends, maybe it goes through a lot of challenges and we are told, hey, like, you're the source of this, or you're part of this. And sometimes, obviously, there's not truth in that, right? Like, they just keep pointing the finger. But often, there is truth in the feedback we're getting. And I think even more directly, rather than just the feedback we're getting, the outcomes we're getting. What kind of outcomes are we getting in our lives? Because, of course, we're the common denominator in all the outcomes in our lives. And so, we might start to explore, okay, well, why do I know that that thing doesn't work or that outcome I want, I'm not achieving it? Why am I not engaging in actual change? And what gets in the way? And also this idea of exploring things like intuition and feeling connected to the divine, feeling connected to soul, feeling connected to self. What does all of that even mean? You know, I don't begin to know the answer to that. But what I do know is that on the journey of trying to discover that, of, of exploring, how do I know when I'm in alignment? Well, what I do know is that I feel lighter, that I feel liberated, I feel safe, I feel, I feel like I love who I am because of the choices I'm making. I feel like even if that choice causes disruption or other people's feelings to potentially be impacted, that somehow I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. 
and I've got me and that I'm not putting other people's feelings ahead of my own, which isn't to say that we shouldn't be considerate of other people's feelings or thoughtful of them or aware of the impact we're having on other people with their choices. So much of our lives can be become these prisons of choices we made shit like decades ago. And then we don't change our life today because we committed to something decades ago or we had an old behavior even decades ago and or even a year ago and all the people we hang out with have a similar behavior and now we want to change and we want to align ourselves, right? Like that desire, just this desire to want to change, this desire to want to shift. That desire is so important because that desire is leading you to your more aligned self. And I I really do think that the more aligned you are with you, then you're at peace, then you are more connected to messages, right? You start to see the 1111s and the 333s and the you start to get the text when you think of somebody, you start to feel these synchronicities because you're making the right choices. And I remember I wrote this post years ago where I said, I hope you have the courage to live the kind of life that gets you to the place we are to meet. And don't spend it loving someone else with half your heart because you were afraid I wouldn't show up. And what's so interesting, you know, sort of looking at that statement now is, one, like in order to get to the place, we have to be showing up ourselves to show up for the person we expect to show up for us. You know, we have to be the type of person who attracts the type of person that we choose or or, or desire. And, you know, I think about that as well in terms of in every moment, we're sort of trading an alternate future, right? We're making a decision, we're at a Y in a road, and we're trading an alternate future. And in being able to explore that, we're able to say, okay, well, in this decision tree right now, is this choice gonna lead me to love myself or deepen my love for myself, should probably be the right term. And is it leading towards who I wanna become and who you want to become, you already are, right? Like that future, you already exist. You just have to decide that you choose your way into it. But I think the other side of this, or I should say, and the other side of this is that we start to trust in this synchronicity, right? We start to say, okay, well, if I get in alignment with me and I stop blaming fate for the outcomes in my life, not to say that you might've had, that you, not to say that you haven't had negative outcomes in your life. And how do those direct you? How do those contribute to how do you choose to show up in your life? And so we start to look at, okay, well, when you start to work for you, fate will work for you, right? When we start to get rid of the things that weigh us down, we start to get lighter and we start to fly. And so that exploration of the mystical, as we might call it, is so interesting to me. I love it. And I was really struck by a podcast interview I heard from Josh Trent, who has the Wellness Force podcast, and he's been a guest on here with Rachel Fiore. And she is just, a, she's a real firecracker. I really enjoyed listening to her. And I was like, okay, I got to get Rachel on my show. So, you know, this is a fiery, fun, direct, truthful episode. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I remember hearing a trainer once when I was in sales at a place called Future Shop, which is like the Best Buy of Canada. And I remember the trainer said, I'd rather be respected than liked. 
And I remember thinking, well, that's dumb. Like, why can't you be liked and respected? Which, uh, of course, is true. But I thought if there's a trade-off, yeah, you know, I'd rather be respected. Because to be liked over respected is to be accommodating, to be codependent, to people please, to tell someone what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And I've heard that from Carolyn Mace, too, who wrote Anatomy of the Spirit, where she said, I'd rather tell you the truth than you like me. I'm not here for you to like me. I'm here to wake you up. And isn't that why we're here? To wake up, to continue to deepen this work, to explore the depths of ourselves. And so this episode is another invitation to do just that. And I loved this conversation, and I know you will too. And so before we get jumping into it, wherever you listen to this episode, please subscribe to it so you don't miss an episode. I got one coming up with Kai where we talk about our engagement and how we're feeling about it and what's going on with it and how it was different for both of us and all those different things. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. And one way you can really support the podcast is to give it a five-star review and a written review wherever you listen, wherever you listen to it. So without further ado, here's Rachel. Welcome to the podcast, Rachel Fiore, who our good friend Josh Trent uh, is our mutual connection. And I'm so glad he connected us because when I listened to the podcast episode that he did with you, which was what inspired it, um, he introduced you as a mystical therapist. And I thought to myself, like, I love mysticism. I love therapy. This merger, the baby that was made from the merger of these two things has got to be epic. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So, you know, when you know, I was chatting with you about your background, you have a background in occupational therapy, yep. specializing in emotional and behavioral health, right? Mental, emotional and behavioral health. Yep. And in both children and adults. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're highly qualified to be talking about the subject you're talking about. And so curious, when you're describing to someone, what is a mystical therapist? How do you, how do you put it into words this? I, I usually, what I say is it's, first of all, it's learning how to heal and grow from the awareness that we are a divine soul having a human experience. And it's no longer negating or denying that we are one or the other. So for example, a lot of people will go on a spiritual path. For example, they'll start to become very spiritual, but they get very woo woo and they forget they're also human and people who have not yet really awakened authentic awakening think that they're just this human self, you know, where they deny their divinity, their spiritual, their, their spiritual self or their soul. We are both in this lifetime and we will always be both. And if you go so spiritual where you deny your human self, you are never going to fully heal and vice versa. People don't fully heal when they deny the fact that they are this spiritual being having a human experience because of that, they take everything so damn personally. So they can't fully heal. So when we understand that we're both, now we can transform. So in that context, we're sort of dancing in both worlds, exploring the spiritual information that we're getting, informing our, our experience, and then acknowledging in the healing or the direction that that's giving us 
the biological process that might be required, like nervous system work or yes. understanding your family system and, and, and even the, div- the divine possibility that you chose your family, right? Like all yes. these sort of interesting ways of, of seeing it. Yes, absolutely. So a simple example would be your soul chose your family and you chose that you chose that family to have the human experience that you had being raised by that family. So everything that came with that, your soul says the spiritual side, the mystical side says, oh, this is so juicy. This is so exciting. That was really rough. I know. But what did you learn from it? Mm-hmm. What gifts did you gain from that? Because if you didn't learn your lessons, you didn't become the gift that was hidden in that challenging, painful, maybe even traumatic experience. We're both. And so if you learn to identify and realize how divine you are, you'll say, oh, my God. So my soul really wanted me to have this experience in order to gain really powerful stuff from it. So the human experience might seem like it really sucks. And it's filled with pain or negativity or maybe trauma, but it's like, there's something for me here. And if I look at it from that divine perspective, I won't have to repeat this 3000 times. I can just go through it once and be done. (laughs) I know when I think about it from that perspective of like, okay, wait. So if I press eject too soon, or I don't acknowledge or follow the invitations that I'm being given in all of my challenges, my triggers then I might have to come back and repeat that specific. Um, I don't even know if that's true, but the possibility that that is true actually motivates me to grow into, you know, I was, I made a rule and I always didn't make this rule. It came from suffering uh, mm-hmm. as most do that. I would always live at my highest level of knowledge. You know, that as soon as I learned something, I must change. And the reason I did that is I was so cognizant at one point that my experiences of pain were actually repeated and choices. They were, I wanted to yeah. call them mistakes, but they were really at that point, I, you'd have to be a fool to deny when you're in a situation for the fifth time, then in some way yeah. I'm not, the, I am the common denominator in this, you know? Yes, that, absolutely. I am the common denominator in every life experience I ever have. I am the common denominator in every relationship I ever have. And so it helps us to start to take radical responsibility the challenge is we are so filled with shame that we think I am the common and we go into shame instead of, Oh my God, well, what am I doing? That's so shitty that I'm creating this. Like, let's look at that and get excited about it. So I can now shift it because that's the shift into real power versus force. Like that's a shift into power that I'm willing to see what I'm doing. That's repeating over and over and over. and, And I'm repeating it because I haven't yet learned the lesson that was meant for me. Which is why here it is again. Here, here it, it comes. Again. Here's here it the comes. school, the school of the hard knocks. <laughs> You've got it. That's earth school. We're in the earth school. I'm curious what took you from, you know, and, and maybe this isn't a, an app description, but like what took you from the more linear academic, scientific, therapeutic space, which you obviously are, so that's the human side, mm-hmm. like you're still grounded in. What made you? venture away to start to discover this other side and in how did you bring it back together because that's such an interesting uh yeah. mix yeah so it was a couple things it was my first shift into spiritual awakening was actually at 13 years old when i looked up i'm in my living room i looked up at my abusive bipolar mentally ill crazy stepfather 
who was about to lay into me yet again for getting an A minus instead of an A plus. And when that was happening, I sort of shifted out. I had an out of body experience and I was looking at the two of us and I had that deep epiphany, like, oh my God, this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And then I heard, stop taking his abuse so personally. It was like, his abuse has nothing oh. to do with me. These are his programs. It's not about me, you know? So that was my first shift in the spiritual awakening. Now, it didn't mean I was fully healed or enlightened. I mean, I still had to go through the abuse until I could get out and get to college. But I used education as my way out so that I could take care of myself and wouldn't rely on another person. But I was still running these programs like education would set me free. And it wasn't until I really dove into working with children who had been through a lot of abuse and trauma and adults who were stuck in their programs that I dove much deeper into. Why are people really repeating their patterns over and over? Why can't they heal more easily? My questions, my devotion to healing myself and also observing other people, how stuck they were. I do everything. I go to therapy. I do this. I do that. Why am I not healing? Allowed me to dive into what our programs really are. And the more I did that, the more that I realized like the merging of the spiritual self, the divine self, the higher soul, as well as the human self just kind of happened. It integrated organically and integrated organically through the process that I take people through coaching now. It just happens organically when you're willing to learn and you're devoted to doing it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What did you find was the answer when you sort of explored why are people repeating these patterns? Why are they staying stuck in? Because I'm sure for you, the listener, because I'm a listener right now, it's, you know, uh, we often want to understand that. Like, why would I want to stay in something painful? Why would I keep choosing unavailable people? Why do all my partners keep cheating on me? Why do I cheat? Why do I lie? Whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say this first. I want to preface this is that in order to truly get to the roots of all of these things, which you can do, you can absolutely do it and heal all that you can. I promise you really, really can. Um, But you have to be willing to learn how to do it. And it's a process. So it's never just one, one quick little, you know, answer and then poof, you're healed with everything. I want to make that very clear for people. Stop looking for the quick fix. And if you start there, at least you're going to be able to learn what it is that's going on. And all it is, We are running programs. We just don't understand them to the depths that we need to understand them because we don't grow up with this stuff. We don't grow up understanding this. There are mental programs, emotional programs, behavioral programs, and then we've got our inner child wounds. And when we actually see each one of those categories, how am I showing up right now? Oh my God, I'm running this, 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 and this. When I'm willing to see it, that also means I'm willing to take ownership responsibility. I am running this program. I'm not shaming myself for running this program. And it might be a shitty one. I might Mm -hmm. be showing up as a real fucking asshole right now. (laughs) But if I'm willing to see it, 
and I'm willing to understand where that program came from, and there's a process there, I then can shift it very easily. And I mean this, I promise, I mean, it's so simple to actually shift into authentic healing of it. But part of that process is realizing meditating it away doesn't work. That's not healing it. That's a beautiful tool. Love meditation, doing yoga, going to the gym, do it. Uh-uh. Stop doing the goddamn ceremonies. You've been to nine of them or 900 of them by now. And you're still running the same pro you're still fighting with your partner. You know, you're going through your third divorce. Stop looking at things outside of yourself to heal you. And instead learn how to go within for real and do it from the inside out. When you learn how to do that, that's the process I teach. You can heal anything. You go but in. It's a process. Yeah. You go in and explore what beliefs are running your life. Yeah. What beliefs you'd like to hold. Mm-hmm. And I, I would guess, do you then uh, align those with choices that would create those beliefs? So, uh, yes, except that here's a beautiful part about this work. When you're willing to just see, oh, my God, what program am I running right now? Not my partner's being an asshole right now. <laughs> you're right. Because That's such an easy one, though. That one's, I know. My partner's programs are bullshit. Mine are all yep. awesome. I'm an observer. That's my observer mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's the, <laughs> and here's the thing. Here's the funny thing. Your partner might be showing up as a total asshole right now. Yeah, because they're running their program. But when you say, well, but if I was, if I was whole, if I was fully healed and whole, their programs wouldn't trigger mine. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's all I can have compassion. I can set boundaries. I can be powerful and, oh, okay, I can see that you're really frustrated right now, but it's not okay that you take that out on me. But I'm really sorry that you're frustrated. Don't take it out on me. However, what can I do to love and support you while you're so frustrated? I wouldn't actually be triggered in that moment. That's how you know you're wounded. Something needs to be healed. And so we're, we've learned to shift from traditional marriage, traditional relationships that are based on survival and meeting my needs and having someone else to meet my needs because I'm so disempowered. I can't do it myself. I'm a little child. We shift out of that into having a powerful, sacred relationship, which is I am my happiness. I'm the one who can heal myself. I shift into my power of meeting my own needs. And I realize in a sacred relationship that you and I are here to grow together, to heal together, to activate each other's woundedness and programs instead of blaming like it's your fault. I feel this way. Oh, my God, you just showed me one of my deepest wounds and I want to die. Thank you for that. Let's heal that together now. (laughs) Because now I can heal it. You just showed me it was there. Such a different perspective because, you know, when you're in that space where you're like, thank you relationship for showing me where I still have work to do, which then you're actually in gratitude to your partner. One, if they're giving you feedback, but also if they're triggering you, like in whatever context you're being triggered, you are being invited. Uh, Even if that's through pain or whatever it might be, you are being invited to set a boundary because healing relationship doesn't mean staying all the time, right? Like healing relationship sometimes means leaving. Like if you've never left, sometimes that is, if you've never chosen yourself, you might ask yourself, what is choosing myself in this moment? And we might hear leave. And because society is so, our social, our, our socialization and all the beliefs that you're talking about are I'm broken if I'm not in relationship. If I leave, I'm a bad person. If I leave, I gave up on someone I love. Right. Those are all in direct opposition often to 
us actually being liberated in our lifetime. And there's so many layers of systems that are invested in our relationships working, not working. That's the wrong term. Staying. Staying. Exactly. Staying no matter what. And the other, the other extreme, because boy, do we like extremes as humans. We like (laughs) black or white. Don't gray is bullshit. Don't touch gray. What's in gray? Same. It is. So the other extreme that people will do other than, you know, staying forever, no matter what is I'm done. Gone. Bye. Right. Next. I love that you're saying that the the leaving everything when it gets moderately. And we've socialized people currently that if you have any discomfort, something's wrong. Right. Not with you, with what's outside of you, because you're perfect. So. Right. God forbid. What's hilarious is that shows your lack of emotional resilience. You're very low emotional IQ. It shows your level of immaturity because you can be running programs. You can be triggered. You can have a bad day. And it's instead of having compassion for that, it's, oh, my God, you have to fix yourself. So I feel happy inside. I can't handle that. You're having a bad day. Are you are you psychotic? There's no such thing as like positive vibes only. Oh my God. I'm so sick of that fucking bullshit out there. What are you talking about? Positive vibes only. There's no such thing as positive vibes only. Have, have the closest person to somebody you love right now die right in front of you. Oh, I'm sorry. Positive vibes only. Right. Good vibes only. That'll be fine. You're like, what? you're not going to be in pain and crying and move right. through grief. Real vibes only should be the term. Real vibes. We should hashtag that real vibes only. Real vibes only. I love it. Real vibes only. And that means I have the power to be in presence and love with whatever is coming up for me right now. And the more that I love what is coming up for me right now, instead of shame it, make it go away, pretend it's not there, pretending I'm so spiritual that I never feel anything but joy. It's such fucking bullshit. Give me a break. You're not enlightened when you do that. You're spiritually bypassing. You're very low in your level of consciousness. We need to grow up. You're going to have a bad day. Enlightened people have bad days. Like Jesus didn't spend 40 days and 40 nights in the desert because he liked sand. (laughs) He was moving through some shit. Oh, and and he knew he had to take the responsibility to move through a shit in order to show up the way he was being called to show up. But we don't like talk about that. It's like, no, you're enlightened. It means you'll never have a bad day. It's bullshit. You're going to have a bad day. How do you handle it? Do you step into your power during those times of pain, do you love it? And the more you do that, the more you have the ability to authentically do that for other people instead of, you should just be happier. Choose positive vibes instead of, oh my God, you're moving through pain. How can I support you through that right now? Mm. Where we're not trying to save each other or ourselves from challenges from from struggles which is different you know than letting someone live in their suffering versus accept the invitation of their suffering and when i say there i mean our too you know and when we're sort of stuck in this cycle of constant sadness constant whatever there we are being informed and you know i think that's constantly being a, a sort of raw point for me about a lot of psychological work that has historically happened has been to sort of teach people, fill out this survey. And if you get, which was designed by the pharmaceutical company that actually creates the product that you're likely to get when you fill out the survey, um, is that as they're doing it, you know, there's this sort of, there's something wrong with you and we have the solution as opposed 
to imagine if you saw yourself as brilliant and there's nothing wrong with you and you're actually being perfectly informed about your environment and your circumstances so that you will fucking listen to them and change your life. And that to me has been a big bone of contention as a recovering pharmaceutical rep. I feel that one. <laughs> Thank you for healing that addiction. <laughs> right. And recovering from that. <laughs> um, yeah. It is. No, it's beautiful, though, because it's it keeps people in powerlessness. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. It keeps people so disempowered that we can't even comprehend, discern the difference between you know, occasionally a therapeutic dose of something of some sort of medication may be appropriate temporarily. Of course. Yeah. And, but we've lost sight of what it means to use supportive tools while I am, while I'm learning how to heal myself. We live in such a disempowered state. You know, we do it in our relationships all the time. We learn, um, okay, here's how I'm going to express how to meet my needs. Some, this is what I need. We talk about what you need. You're two years old. What do you do when you're single? Who wipes your ass then? What are you talking about? You need your partner to meet your damn needs. This is old traditional marriage based on survival, which is not healthy. It's not powerful. There's nothing. It's codependent, right? We are being challenged in the world right now. Humanity is being challenged to grow up and to say, as a powerful being, I'm here to meet my own needs. I know how to love my own pain. I know when a challenge comes, how to handle that with power and grace. Why? Because I practice it every day of my life and I become more powerful all the time. It never means I don't make mistakes. Mistakes are wonderful. Oh boy, do they fucking hurt. (laughs) (laughs) hurt. There's pain, except that I know how to love my pain. Do you? That's the question. And if you don't, you'll cope, you'll take a pill, you'll masturbate to porn, your addictions will come out. You'll do all those things that keep us unhealthy, dysfunctional, low level of consciousness. We'll blame our partners for our pain. When really I could just meet my own needs, stand in my own sovereignty, love myself so fully that when pain comes, I love it. I embrace it. I nurture myself through it. And as I do that, I elevate my level of consciousness always. And then I'm there as a powerful being for others in the presence of their pain. I don't shame it. And stop with, I want to put this out there. Stop with the holding space bullshit. Quit it. Everybody quit it. (laughs) Try to hold, grab it, hold space. Go ahead. Try. Quit it. Nobody needs you to hold goddamn space. Instead, elevate yourself to be the spaciousness that someone else needs you to be in order for them to move through their own stuff. They don't need to be fixed. You don't need to do Mm. anything for them. Don't take their stuff on. Be the spaciousness of nothing but love so that they can move through what they need to move through right now. Because when they move through it, it's perfect. Whatever pain they're in, perfect, right? Right. There's a difference. Yeah, in some ways you're saving them from their own healing. Like. And by doing that, you're preventing your own healing. Like, can you sit in the discomfort of someone else not feeling okay, not liking you for your boundary? Yeah, Yeah, that's a trans. I mean, that's a big moment. You know, I was thinking about as you were saying that I was I was thinking about this, this invitation that we're having to grow up, as you said, to sort of adult and. I think when we, when we awaken, right, when we all of a sudden ask this question, why do I do what I do? How do I get, bring more to my relationships? I'm the common denominator, right? These are all confronting 
moments of information that bring in dissonance, lots of dissonance yeah. because you realize you haven't been doing this shit all along till this moment you ask the question and then you can't pretend you didn't ask the question and get the answer you got. You might try. And in a lot of ways, I don't think we understand the momentum of systems that are actually shaped around us anesthetizing that dissonance, you know, like mm-hmm. it's so easy for me not to be in the dissonance if I'm on my phone and on Instagram getting, you know, as you said, porn, booty, yeah. whatever it is, whatever new it is. cars are pretty cool for me. And that kind of stuff that distracts us, food, sugar, mm-hmm. which again, the foods that we, we numb ourselves with cause the inflammatory process or part of the inflammatory process along with mm-hmm. uh, high stress, which again, we overwork, again, mm-hmm. part of the system of mm-hmm. dealing with dissonance, hustling for my worth, and then it feeds the systems. And so I was curious what your perspective is on that, because there's so much momentum against us wanting us to play small in our governments infantilizing us and being parentified. We parentify them while they really infantilize us. And then the role comes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so I'm curious what you think about that, because that seems to be ever present in what's currently going on, especially. Absolutely. So here's the trickiest part about it. And a lot of people are going to either turn off when they hear this, or it might be hard for them to understand. I'm going to challenge, if it's hard to understand, I'm going to challenge you to stay with us for the ones that are going to turn completely off. That's okay, bye-bye. This isn't for you. But what you see out there is a reflection on what goes in in here in every human being. Because we really, truly, what we struggle with every day, what we get triggered by, our control programs that most people run, we have a reflection of that in things like the way systems work, the way government works, the way whatever systems we could be talking about. We can talk about all the lump sum because they all have their dysfunction, their control programs, their whatever. But we have our control programs. For example, we have control program of um, my happiness depends on how you show up or my happiness depends on whether I get stuck in traffic or not. I'm now unhappy because I'm stuck in traffic. Well, if you need to control your partner, your how people show up, whether somebody's in a good mood, a bad mood, if that actually affects your level of joy on the inside or your emotional state of being, you're running control programs. You see it? Mm. So if you have to be a certain way in order for me to feel good and be happy, that means I'm running major control program. I can't control you. Well, you can show up however the hell you want to show up. And if it's really ugly and it's not nice to me, I'm going to set my boundaries. I'm going to I'm going to leave or I'm going to cut you out of my life, whatever the boundary might be. But that doesn't affect my happiness. That doesn't affect my internal state of being. So really what's happening is we are seeing on a macro scale how we function on a micro scale and we don't want to see it. We don't Mm. want to admit that. And so how do you change what's going on out there? And that's systemic sexism, racism, control, brainwashing, all of it. Well, how much do you do that in your everyday life? Because only when you can go within and heal yourself in your everyday life, are you then going to see an actual transformation out there on the macro level. This is the Mm. call for people to go inside, do the dirty work, look at their ugly shadow cells that they don't want to see, look at how you are actually showing up in the world versus how you like to think you are. And when you're willing to do that, you're going to see on a global scale, major transformation because you've transformed yourself. That's where it has to start. 
People love to try to create change out there and blame it and point fingers. But if you do the work and you're you're willing to see how you're showing up in your everyday life, you'll see you run those very same programs on the micro scale. So you dismantle the systems as they exist within you. Yes. And then you're able to observe the system's attempt to operate within you. Yes. Hmm. That's interesting. That's certainly been my experience that as I explore uh, the ways that I use, exploit power, have it used, or I give it away or whatever that might be, then I am the observer of how that is weaponized in the world. Like I never used to be able to understand the news as propaganda, you know, but now I look at the news and I have a friend who's from China who I was talking to about the sort of hijacking that we've experienced due to the news and the fear mongering and all the effects of that. And I remember him saying to me, Oh, that's funny. I forget that you guys think the news is real because in his experience, it's never been, you know, they know that he had expressed that in his experience, they just know that it's propaganda, that they can't trust it. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be quite a, in a way that destabilizing of the systems that we're experiencing outside of us, if we're sort of open to looking mm-hmm. is so destabilizing. And I, I'm processing what you said because then I'm like, Oh, those still exist within me then. Right. Like if I'm only yeah. seeing them now, yeah. like I'm only now I'm like a little further into the propaganda journey and the manipulation on a collective level mm-hmm. that I'm able to see that those, those mechanisms are being dismantled in me now. Yeah. Which is very destabilizing. Yeah. And it's meant to be. It, oh. to be. it, it feels happy. very destabilizing because then I'm yeah. like, wait, if all of that is true, then my work as a rep and which I knew my work as a rep was a little questionable back. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not new information, mm-hmm. but because I understood the systems from within it on that side, I'm then able to observe it on a, it's sort of like, uh, a key has opened the door that is showing me like the matrix, you know, in a Mm -hmm, lot of ways. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so when we realize we wake up with just a a little bit more and awaken a little bit more, we can understand maybe kind of sort of what it means, what the, the term oneness really means. And we still function in such a level of separation that we think it's we, them. And really it's when you look at the manipulation, for example, you look at the manipulation and the propaganda and the news and everything that's fed to you and all that kind of stuff. Oh my God. So it's so manipulative. Like look at all that manipulation. It's okay. So when you uh, buy flowers for somebody uh, to impress them, why are you buying flowers for them? What do you mean to impress them? Well, I bought flowers because, well, why did you buy the flowers? Let's, let's really understand this. Well, because I thought it'd be really nice, but what go deeper? Why did you really buy the flowers for your date? Well, I really want her to like me. Oh, well, that's manipulation. You didn't selflessly buy the flowers for your date because it would light her up. And, you know, she shared what her favorite flower was. You did it just because no attachment, no Mm. agenda, no expectation. So really what you did was I'm going to buy her flowers to impress her. So she'll like me. She'll date me. She'll have sex with me. That's manipulation that is using. So it can be very difficult to see what's going on on a macro scale. I don't do any of that. I'm such a good person. 
Did you buy flowers for the date? So she'll- I've done that. I've definitely bought flowers to get booty. There you go. I will acknowledge it. Yeah, see it? And the beautiful part is when you learn, okay, when with the work that I teach, what program am I really running? You're like, oh my God, like I'm running a self, I'm running a manipulation program, a using program to get her to like me. I don't need to do that at all anymore. Now that you see it, now you have true choice to not create reality based on unconscious intention. Now you have conscious, conscious intention, intention. way. Then yeah. you know what? I still feel like if I buy those flowers, it's going to be because she, I want her to give me, I want her, I want to get late. I'm not going to do it. And you don't do mm. it until you can heal the part of you that needs to do that. That thinks the flowers are the gateway or, or make you better or make you more make desirable. You, you got it. Because the energy of not buying those flowers, then you're standing in this space of I'm not man- manipulative. So the non-manipulative, non-manipulative part of you shows up to the date which yes. powerful, you know, when I think of that, like the research on buying a woman a drink at a bar, I remember it saying that um, uh, they're seen as something like 90% more likely to be open to sexual advances, which yep. we know from the biological perspective is the, the, the law of influence of reciprocity. Yep. So, you know, when I, when I consider what you're saying and postulate how much, you know, I think of pickup artistry and I remember reading a a translational interpretation of pickup artists and them saying that, you know, if you approach a person to try to get them, that's very different than approaching. Imagine if you just approached in, in this context, a woman and your only intention of the conversation was to leave her better than you found her in some way, just yeah. to touch her day in a way, not touch her, but to touch her day. Yeah. And I thought what a different energetic that would be because of course humans can pick up, especially if they're, they've experienced trauma manipulation, they could pick up on that energy in a second, or it fits a script of something they're familiar with that they miscode as love. Mm-hmm. 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 Interesting. You got it. It's in the, and we learn to play all these crazy games and wear these masks because we're so filled with shame and fear of being our authentic self. And then we hear, be your authentic self, be your authentic. and you don't even know what that means. Why? Because yeah. you're running all these programs that you don't even realize you're running. So the true self can't even come out and show who I am as a being because all these programs are running. They're all our masks and all our fears and all our, I want you to like me and I need validation. Why do you need validation from another human being who gives a shit? Why would you ever need validation from another human being? That right there in and of itself denies your divinity. You do not see yourself as a loving, powerful person when you need another human being to validate you on any level. What a beautiful invitation that is to say, why do I seek it? Why do I need to post this type of picture? Yes. Because then the intention of the picture is to get something and in some way to get power. You know, in my partner and I, her name's Kylie, when we broke up um, and then we came back together. One thing that when we we were apart for like eight or nine months, something like that, when we came back together, one thing that we were really committed to was healing the systems and the codependent strings that I needed to be a provider and she needed to be someone who needed to be provided for. How did I benefit from her being disempowered, even though consciously I did not want that, but there was such deep programming within me. That was like, was I afraid of a woman who could truly stand on her feet, who could really call me forward 
And yeah, I was, I was for sure. But consciously I was like, you're powerful, be, you know, but then I didn't know that in very, very, the most subtle ways we were both giving and taking power away from one another. Yes. Beautiful job saying that. That is absolutely beautiful. And I love that you shared that example because a lot of people, when you do the work that we offer at Masters of Self University, this is the work. It's seeing the deeper programs that are running that you're not even aware of that you're like, no, I want you to be powerful. I want you to be this. And deep down, it's like, oh my God, I'm so afraid of that. No way but you're not aware that that program is even running. It brings those programs to the light to say, how am I actually showing up versus how I like to think I'm showing up, you know? And Mm -hmm. to give another example there, you know, there are a very well-known couple in the world, both are coaches. And he went through, you know, months and months of like this depressed, like devastation almost of, I can't believe she's more successful than me. She makes more money than me. Like, do you even understand the sexist programs you're running Right. that because she makes more money and she's more well-known, you know, and you're actually having a hard time with that. That's okay. Bring this to the surface to be healed. Right. We want right. To see. It's not There's the a system that's asking to be healed, yes. dismantled, rejected. But for you to feel like a man. So one of the, you know, I don't feel like a man. Well, that means that a man has to always have more, be more than a woman. Mm. Like, can you see if you don't feel like a man, because a woman, your partner makes more and is more well-known for her work. You don't feel like a man. What's it mean to be a man? Stop trying to be a sexist man. Instead shift into being a divine man, you know, and it's seeing I'm running these programs. So let's heal them. You know, because this is somebody who would never want to be those things. Of course, of course we don't yeah. want to be those things, but they're there. And we have to be willing to see what's there and give them nothing but love, no shame, no judgment. But, oh, my God, this is there. Oh, I don't want to be that. Great. Now you're ready to heal it. I see this operating in the opposite a lot, you know, where a man makes less money than a woman in, in that heteronormative assignment mm-hmm. that the woman is not attracted to the man that there's like Ooh. not attracted to men who make less, who are too emotional, who uh, like one big form of controversy on my Instagram was when I did a video about a conversation about should a man pay on the first date? And I said, okay, if the intent, if it's because the man is taught to pay on the first date, as you're saying, then we're both participating in a manipulative program. If it's because I invited you out and I just want to do that and I'm not expecting, there's no energetic tie to status. But what's really interesting is I said, like like regardless, first off, so many people were triggered saying Mm -hmm. like, if he doesn't, then he's not a worthy mate. And I said, if he asks to split the bill, he's not a worthy mate. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, what's interesting is a man asking to split the bill. Obviously there's different context to this. So please, if you're listening and you're like, this is bullshit, (laughs) just understand there's obviously exceptions to this. Right. But if they're like, I let's split it because one, I'm not sure about you yet as a partner. And if I pay, I know that it creates unconscious disempowering and imbalance. And so I believe that you can show up for yourself in this experience. I thought that was just like, instead of people needing to know the specific detail that fits the narrative of whatever, which where people get lost often. I was like, just ask why it's triggering. Like, why is the value of a partner 
in these materialistic things. And it doesn't mean we can't deny the biological desire for attraction, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I I just thought it was very interesting how it's so deeply embedded that to shift out of it requires consciousness of the powers that we're giving away in those. um, But I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. So when I, when I am coaching people, when I have clients and they're going through, you know, coaching for dating and things, I usually tell them, let's understand this first, that it is more of a masculine energy to pursue. So understand you're just Mm -hmm. in more of a masculine energy if you are the pursuer. So for a female, you don't want to be the pursuer all the time. It doesn't mean sometimes it's not wonderful, but it's just more of a, just understands more of a masculine energy. Whoever asks somebody out, I usually coach, you should be willing to, if you're asking them, I'm inviting you to do this it's more likely you should pay for that. Amen. I agree with that. More likely you should be the, because you're the one inviting. I'm inviting you. I'm asking you out, which means that I'm willing to pay for our, for whatever it is we're doing. The second thing though, stop asking people out for dinner on a first date. Quit it. Why would you totally be stuck there? For out? It's ridiculous. Stop spending totally money. Agree. Totally agree. I went spending. on a date with a Vancouver Canucks fan once and <laughs> You know, that's back when I really cared who, what hockey team people like. So that was a whole other program. We won't get into that. But what was it? I remember being at the end of the day, it cost me like a hundred bucks. I was like, so I spent a hundred bucks and I get to the end of the date. And I remember thinking like, I didn't even like, I didn't feel a connection after the first 15 minutes. I'm being mm-hmm. tried about the fan of the Canucks, but I remember thinking like, I'm only going on coffee after this or like doing a walk or going to do something that is connective in nature or whatever it is, but there that we are both deciding if we're a good choice for one another. You got it. You know, you got it. It's create a simple scenario. I don't care if you're a freaking billionaire too, by the way, stop spending a lot of money in first date. Why? Because if you're trying to buy somebody to impress them, you're coming from very low level of consciousness. You're mm-hmm. coming from a lot of dysfunction, a lot of disempowerment anyway. You're creating a, you know, a level of look at me up here. I can pave the way for you down there. I will pay for you. Like all that shit needs to go. So you could be a billionaire, go out for a cup of coffee. Ask the person out for a cup of coffee. And you know, again, no cookie cutter here, but generally speaking, I tell people don't spend more than an hour. Hey, let's meet for an hour because if it's the worst hour of your life, it was only an hour. Right. Have plans after that. You can plans in quotations that I don't know. I'm only going to spend an hour with you the first time I meet you because we might hate each other. That's that there, how we're living from honesty. And it creates worthiness because it's saying to them, this person values themselves enough you got that, it. that they're not just going to be with me because I'm here. Because I'm here or because I'm paying or because I asked, there's this obligation thing. A lot of women also, by the way, run these very wounded, deeply embedded wounded programs that they have to be nice. And when somebody pays for them, somebody does something like that. I have to go along with it because the woman has to be that submissive, pretty nice, I have to smile and be really kind. Fuck that bullshit. That is ridiculous. <laughs> if you're an asshole on the date, we're done. Like, what are you talking about? To be nice about it, to be nice about it if you're a jerk. And on the flip side of it, women, you are not in your power by being shitty to men just to be shitty to men. You think that's powerful. It's not, you know? Mm. So it's 
it's we tend to go to either extreme until we learn what it really means to be healthy and powerful, right? And so, look, make your I'm willing to go out for an hour, glass of wine, sure, do a glass of wine, cup of coffee, awesome, let's do that for an hour. But after an hour, we're done. The reason is, if you meet the love of your life, you have the rest of your lives. Mm. What a different energetic to go to into it with. There's nothing to rush. Don't have to rush anything. And if it's terrible, it's thank you so much. I didn't feel a connection here, but I really do appreciate the hour that you spend with me. Why don't we learn to come from honor and respect, you know, versus like this is terrible? Just hey, be honest. I didn't feel a connection. I didn't feel a romantic connection with you, you know, but that's okay. I appreciate the hour you spent with me. I'm going to go now. Good luck to you. Will you ever see their character? If after that too, I've noticed that a lot when, mm-hmm. you know, I hear from someone say like, I let them know, you know, I didn't feel connection. Good luck with your search. I hope yeah. you find someone, I, I'm, you know, good luck yeah. finding someone amazing. Yeah. And the other person's like, thanks. You wasted an hour of my day today. And you're like, no, I didn't. Cause I just filtered you out of my life. Like yes. that was an hour well spent. You got it. That's, and that's such a beautiful way. Look at it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I got to find out that if I spent any more time, it is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful way to spend my hour. I know you're not it. Great. I'm closer to the one who is. Yeah. And you start to match the energetics that you pick up in the texting and the communicating. Yeah. You start to match the energetics of where you might've had a feeling of like, mm, this feels off. I'm not sure I should go. Mm-hmm. And because we've been so disconnected from our soul, disconnected from you know, that mystical side of ourselves. When it's speaking to us and we're paying attention, finally, we're able to take new information and go back and code that that intuitive mystical feeling that says, yes. don't go this afternoon. And then you yeah. go and it's shit. And then you're like, oh, okay. And also the ones that, that get rid of people too soon. You know, those are also, exactly. you know, systems. That exactly, that is, a, that's beautiful. Because here's the thing, when... I have had couples come to me because they're about to get divorced. They don't know what's happening. Help, please. We're desperate kind of thing. And sometimes I've coached couples. I said, listen, if you're going to get divorced, that's okay. You can get divorced. Why don't you heal yourselves first? And then in full healing, when you are healed and whole from everything that destroyed this relationship, Now you have a choice, but it's a choice based in power. You can choose to lovingly move through the divorce and that's okay because you hold no grudges. There's no resentment. There's no wounds. There's no pain. You're healed and whole and you really genuinely leave with peace or you're so healed and whole. You realize, oh my God, we did it. (laughs) We can now live (laughs) in a beautiful relationship because we just did what we were meant to do by coming together anyway, which is heal ourselves. And either way, whatever happens after you spend the time healing, either way, it's perfect. You're healed now, you know? And so sometimes people have been referred to me like, if you want to get divorced, you go to her because you'll heal. You might still get divorced though, <laughs> but you'll do so. And I mean this without it sounding like some meme, some stupid social media meme, like you'll do it with love. You really will separate with love, with wholeness. And you'll be so grateful that you spent that time together. You came together to complete your mission, which was to heal. And sometimes that means to then stay together. And sometimes it means 
you prepared yourselves for what's coming next, but you're now moving on to what's next from a healed, whole, wonderful, powerful place. And how and it's a win-win no matter what. It's a win-win. Yeah, when you depart with that unconditional love, with like, you know, when my partner and I's relationship ended, one thing that we were really not explicit about, but existed in our ending mm-hmm. was that love is present of, despite mm-hmm. the relationship status changing. Like, I don't stop loving you. And even the idea that we do is such a farce. Yeah. Um, you know, this idea that I'm, I'm going to close my heart now, which we can do, obviously, through breakups, mm-hmm. through pain. But in the ability in the breakup, if we want to hurt them, if we want them to suffer, those are all things to observe. Because if we're doing that in the breakup, then we know we have a lot of unhealed stuff. And we're likely, if we're not able, if we're not able to engage with respect for one another or the other person's behavior, you know, that level of awareness that you had at 13, that some of us never have that wait, their anger isn't about me. And maybe it is about something that I've done. Have I cleared that and owned that? Right. Exactly. It's always coming back to learning what it means to master the self, you know, and that's what it boils down to. No matter the situation, no matter what topic, no matter what scenario, no matter what pandemic, no matter what marriage or relationship you're in, you're here to master yourself. We're in the earth school for a reason. Stop taking everything personally. Stop thinking life is supposed to be here to cater to you. It isn't. How arrogant and self-entitled are you? How selfish, you know, and our arrogance to think that we're supposed to show up and have everything be so easy and put on a silver platter delivered. Are you with abundance everywhere? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you learning from all of your experiences? And if you're not learning anything, you wonder why you're still in suffering. You know, it's embracing challenges and and the the negative parts of negative parts of life with um with grace knowing that this is for my highest good, no matter what, so that if I can surrender to it and I can learn what I need to learn and I can grow, I become more powerful. And if I become more powerful, I'm a bigger gift to myself, but automatically to other people because I show my power to them. You know, we think power means like force and in control. No, it's letting go of the delusion that you have control over anything. Knock it off, grow up, let it all go. And instead, be a loving person. And loving person doesn't mean you don't stand up and use your voice. Sometimes a loving person, you need to say, yo, fuck you. You know, it's with love, but fuck you. (laughs) Because no fucking way am I doing it. Get out of here with this shit. You know, you might have to say that. Right. But you're saying it with a conscious choice to choose those words or to say it or to be heard. You're not saying it from anger. You're not saying it because you think that person's inferior whatever they might be doing. That's the difference. That's power. You know, even if you say, uh, oh, no fucking way here, but you're doing it from a place where there's peace in your heart, but you're like, oh no, there needs to be a stronger energy here so that you hear me, how serious I am about this. Right. That's power versus I hate you. Fuck you. Right. You suck. That's not power. That's weakness. That's powerlessness. You are nowhere near power when you do that. Yeah. I heard someone the other day say, Well, if I told them the truth, then I wouldn't have a relationship with them anymore. And I said, well, then your relationship is based on not acknowledging the truth. So you're actually not in a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. A couple of representatives are in relationship together who pretend that everything's okay or that you'll tolerate 
whatever it is that you tolerate just to keep them in their lives. And I said, it's up to you, obviously, to decide what is worth keeping and what is not. That's not for mm-hmm. me to project mm-hmm. upon you. And But I was like, think of the richness of possibility that the relationship could have if you spoke the truth or separate if it's not aligned. Right. And we that's the biological part of us that keeps us so stuck is the part of us that's afraid. If I lose that person, then I'm a bad person or it doesn't mean it doesn't matter to us. I think that's what's so hard. It's, it still hurts, but there's an interesting thing that occurs in that moment though, is that you almost gather a part of yourself that you give away to be in the relationship. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Absolutely. And here's, here's the other part that we Mm -hmm. need to see too, is when we are lying by omission and we're, we're withholding things, then if that other person is choosing us and with us or um, in love with us, they're not in love with the real you anyway. So when you show up as a false self, how could you expect someone to at some point in time, like they're going to see whatever false self you can't hold that forever like the real you is going to come the the lies that you told or withheld by lying by omission stuff is going to come to the surface and that's when it's going to be rocky it's not the what we're so afraid of is telling the truth it isn't that it's that's not what's going to destroy the relationship is the fact that you're lying to begin with yeah and that's where we need to put it in perspective but if i tell the truth If you tell the truth, you're an honest, wonderful person who can go spend on your deathbed. You can look back and say, I'm good with me. When you lie, you can't. Right. You're aligned with your soul in that moment. Yes. You're aligned with your soul. You're aligned to yourself. You're aligned to him or her. You are based in your relationship on lies. That's not a real relationship. The relationship is fake to begin with. If you want the relationship to have any potential to heal and survive, it has to have truth in it. You have to ask, you have to offer it a level of truth and then you can recreate or rebuild uh, the relationship based on truth. And when you're living where I'm honest, I'm transparent, we're now living in truth. Anything can be healed. And I mean anything. But mm, if you are basing your relationship on lies, it's a hard time healing that. One invitation. Uh-huh. You know, I, I want to honor and respect that this invitation is not gentle. Like this yeah. invitation yeah. is to turn towards everything you have not turned towards in your whole life. And you've been socialized to not turn towards. You've actually yes. been taught that the right way is to turn away from it and to keep just doing what you're doing. Like, who are you to have those types of expectations? How selfish of you, you know, like yeah. we've been training people to stay in smallness. Yes. And this is, very destabilizing, but at the same time, oddly destabilizing, freeing and grounding. It's like this weird complexity. hundred percent. hundred percent. I always tell people that, you know, if you think that healing yourself is going to be this sweet little <laughs> process of like elevation and I'm flowing more now and my light is shining more, like you're going to have a harder time with the process. <laughs> Because it isn't. It is warrior's work. It is going into the depths of darkness and that darkness that you carry, whether you want to see it or not, you're going into the darkness. This is true warrior's work. Weak people don't heal. Weak people don't heal. They don't. Fire in that one. 
Warriors heal. Don't heal. Warriors. Mm -hmm. Warriors heal. This is warriors work. Weak people will do anything and everything outside of themselves to make themselves feel better and hope that that heals them. You'll never heal. There's no healing happening there. Yeah, the codependent part of me is scared of what you said. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. Warriors go in. They learn how to go into their pain. That's sacred feminine energy, by the way, Mm -hmm. is going into the pain, all the way into the depths of the pain and learning what it means to actually love it into transcendence. And not some, love yourself more. No, loving yourself more doesn't mean suppressing, denying, ignoring your emotions or anybody else's. Oh, positive vibes only. That's not love. You know, it's, oh my God, I'm filled, I'm filled with pain, whatever happened. This wound got activated. I'm going to dive into that and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to love it because that's what true power is. I'm not going to run from it. Oh boy, it's going to fucking hurt too. But you've been running from it your whole life. Learn to love pain and the suffering will go away forever. There's no more suffering when you learn to love pain. Pain is only temporary if you learn to love it and process it as it arises, because that's how powerful you are. Suffering will never be your experience ever again. Pain will, because that's part of the human experience. Something's going to happen. It's going to hurt. You know, your dog is going to die. Your loved one is going to go away. A divorce will happen. You know, you might have a scary moment, lose your job, and you don't know what you're going to do. Like pain will happen. Mm-hmm. But when you learn to meet pain with nothing but your love, your patience, your surrender, that's true power. And anything and everything can be healed when you learn to come from that space. Amen. All right. Well, I mean, on that note, that's such a good note of like step in your shit. Weak people don't heal. It's time. The invitation has been bestowed upon all of us constantly because even when we've processed one thing, you're always expanding, you're always growing. The warrior in you is always cultivating more power and no one is going to come save us. But someone will remind us, like you have, that we are the savior, that we can do it. Yeah. And that's the reminder. Anyone who tells you that you need them to be saved is actually part of the process of keeping you small. Yes. That's exactly it. So, so being in oneness, everybody on the planet shows up with their gifts. You may benefit from having somebody teach you how you might not Mm -hmm. know how, but you have it in you. That's what people don't understand. They get that confused is that it's okay to have somebody teach you how, but never can you not do it. I'm not going to heal you for you. Why? Because I'm an unloving bitch? No, because I'm actually filled with so much love. I see your power, even if you don't see your power. You have the power in you. You might not know how to access it, but that's what all our gifts are here for, you see. It's okay to have a teacher, a guide, a coach, but you're going to heal yourself. I'm not doing that for you because that would be disempowering. Right. Like this, it would be removing the struggle that's required to observe one's own power and transformation. Yes, exactly. Amen. All right. Well, Rachel, this has been more than a slice. Um, where can people find you? They can go to mastersofselfuniversity.com, mastersofselfuniversity.com. Check out the coaching programs. Um, there's amazing stuff there. If you're ready to do the work and you truly want to be free and heal finally for good, go to mastersofselfuniversity.com. It's all there. Perfect. All right. Well, 
thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. And uh, I'm going to go cultivate some more warrior. Awesome. I love it. Yes. Thank you, Mark. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love. 